Welcome to Catalyst. My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here and wanted to welcome you guys to worship here on the second Sunday in July. Welcome to everybody who's joining us online. We're starting a brand new series today as the video is so incredibly well illustrated. God's Ways, Best Ways. And we're going to be, it's basically going through the book of Proverbs for the next two months. And I'm very, very excited about this because the book of Proverbs is the book that basically tells us how to live day to day, living with wisdom, living with the way that God wants us to live day in and day out. Because so many of us think of our Christian faith as something that, well, it'll get me to heaven when I die. Well, the problem is, is that there's a lot, a lot, a lot of times there's a lot of life between the time we become Christian and the time that we die. So what do we do in that time? Well, we live to honor God. And so that is what we're talking about today. And today is part one, stop creating problems for yourself. Now, um, this uh, is something that hits everybody every now and then, right? At varying ages, but a lot of times you wake up one day and you realize that your worst enemy is the one looking at you in the mirror every morning. And uh, so much of our, our lives spent blaming other people, blaming circumstances, but after a while those just run hollow. And we realize that the cause of most, if not all, of our problems in life are us. And so the main thing today is stop creating problems for yourself. Now, when I was younger, as I'm sure that a lot of you have heard these things, I heard slogans like, nice guys finish last. You heard that? Uh, basically implying that if you want to get ahead in life, you want to do well in life, you've got to be a backstabbing, scheming, cutthroat, cheating weasel that looks out for number one. You can't win if you live a life of integrity, I was told. You can't do it. Life only works out for those who get ahead. You can't do well if you have morals, values, or do the right thing. Well, is that true? Well, that's what many of us have heard. And that's what many of us believe, honestly, if we were honest with ourselves. We believe that. That in the business world or in life or in marriage or whatever, i got to be the guy that goes, you know, the, the nice guys are going to finish last. I've got to take care of myself. Well, it's like so much of life follows this script. And you guys know we're getting high tech when we pull out the whiteboard. All right, so yeah, so you guys are in for a special treat today. So it seems like it follows this script. See if this sounds familiar to anybody's life. Step one is we know, we learn what's right. We're taught, our parents or our coaches or, 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 or whatever, teach us what is right. We, we uh, um, you know, we, 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 we have the church, we have the word of God, we have everything kind of telling us what is right and what is wrong. We learn what is right. But step two, somewhere around the teenage years or the young 20-somethings or whatever, we do something called rebel. Okay. And this is one of the strangest steps of life that I've ever seen. I don't know why we do this. Because we've got God's word telling us what is right. We've got the Holy Spirit within us telling us and leading us and guiding us. We've got uh, the church 
telling you what's going on. You've got 6,000 years of human history showing everything that you have ever done or ever will do and the consequences of it. But you figure that all that's just wrong. That you and me are the first human beings to really know what's going on. It doesn't matter what God has said, it doesn't matter what the church has said, it doesn't matter what the Holy Spirit's telling us, it doesn't matter what human history has shown, we are the ones that really know what's going on. No one else in history knows what you know. God doesn't even know what you know. And people who are older than you don't know. To, you know and it is up to you to break the mold, to come up with the new direction, to come up with the new way of really succeeding in life, right? That's all in this stage right here. Well then, unfortunately, life moves to step three. Hurt. And I'm not talking about little things. I'm talking about the kind of hurt that can take decades, maybe even the rest of your life, to get over. Um, some of us don't deal with that. Some of us stop the rebellion before it hits us too hard. But many of us get hurt. Some of you right now are paying for things that you did against the word of God. And you're going to be paying for it for a while. And it's painful. And it's hurtful. How many of us dated people we knew we had no business dating? We knew it. God's word told us what kind of person we're supposed to date. We didn't listen. Holy Spirit of God told us what kind of person we're supposed to date. We didn't listen. Our parents told us what kind of people we're supposed to date. We didn't listen. Church told us we have 6,000 years of human history showing what happens when you date this kind of person, but you and me, we were going to be the exception, right? Yeah. How many of us married people we had no business marrying? We're paying for it now. How many of us misused money? We have what the Word of God said about money. We knew what happened to other people that used money that exact same way. We have the history, but we didn't listen. And how many of us have told lies and gotten caught, and now you're having to do the hard work of rebuilding trust if that will ever come back. How many of us have been so hurt by the things we thought would benefit us, decisions we made, stupid things that we knew better, now we're paying for it. We shouldn't have gone to that party. We shouldn't have hung around with those people. The Bible tells us about friends. We didn't listen. We knew better. And now we're stuck paying for it, sometimes dearly. How many of that, how many of you guys can, can attest to that truth? Most of us, if not all of us. So you guys remember, and I want you guys to hear this, sin will always, always take you further than you ever wanted to go. It'll make you stay longer than you ever wanted to stay. And it'll make you pay more than you ever thought you would have to pay. Remember that. And step four in life, step four in life is, I just call it realization. 
realization, you wake up one day and say, what am I doing? What, what is wrong with me? Why am I doing these things that lead me to hurt? Why, why did I walk away from the things that I was taught? Why did I walk away from everything that I knew was right? And, and, and it, all it's done is hurt me. It's brought me nothing but pain. Why am I doing this? And it's kind of this, this, this moment, this prodigal son moment, that when you come to your senses, and then step five, let's call it return. Learn, rebel, hurt, realization, return. Seems like that is a, is a very common thing. The problem is, is that some of us in here and online are stuck in a feedback loop right here. You haven't gone to the realization phase yet. You're still doing the rebellion and hurt, and you haven't realized that the rebellion is what caused the hurt. And you're going to go back to more rebellion and more hurt and more rebellion and more hurt. And it looks like this. It looks like that bird hitting the window that doesn't realize the window and it boom. And then it does again, boom. And then it does again, boom. And he's got a headache, but he doesn't realize. So he keeps, boom. He keeps doing the same thing over and over. And it's like a feedback loop of this right here. And I'm praying that if any of you are in this situation right here, that you move to the realization phase very quickly. That's what this series is about, right? But here is a brilliant plan. And I'm talking brilliant. I mean, if I could package this, I'd be a billionaire. Why don't we skip steps two and three? Why don't we just skip it? We have the Word of God, we've got the Holy Spirit, we've got the church, we've got 6,000 years of human history telling us what to do. And all, all shouts, stop this. Why don't we just skip to the realization that God's ways are best ways and live like it? Why don't we just do that? See, Proverbs tells us about this. Number one. Proverbs number one, the first, first Proverbs, Proverbs 10, 9 says this, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. If you're living against God's ways, you are on borrowed time, people. I'm telling you this, as a 47-year-old man, I'm telling you this, and these people that are older than me are shouting this, if you are living against God's ways, you're on borrowed time, no doubt about it. The Bible says God cannot be mocked, we reap what we sow. Okay, I remember the first time I really ever got in trouble. I'm talking like real trouble. The earliest I can remember, I was in first grade, and uh, I, I got in trouble. Okay, and it, because see, I, I wanted to do this. I, I, I did this right here. Okay, um, that was supposed to do the way the system was set up was our first grade class. You did your work, and then when you were done with your work, you turned your work in and the box, you put it in the box, and then you could go over and listen to records or read something cool or, you know, something, something you play, whatever. Well, I decided that I was going to skip the work part and the turn-in part and just go over there. But in my first grade criminal mind, I said, well, I can't just walk over there. I have to stay at my desk, and I have to wait for at least one person to finish. And so I sat there and did nothing. I was going to outsmart the system. See, there's no one had, no, no one had ever done that before. I was the first one. Okay? I was the first one to ever try to game the system. And so person turned it in, and I just 
went over to the play area. And after, it was working along brilliantly. It was awesome. I didn't have to do any work. It was great. And then after about a week and a half or two weeks, my teacher comes up and says, I've got zeros for you in all of, in all of these things. Have you been turning in your stuff? And I said, I put it in the box. Well, she walked over to my desk where I had shoved in all the okay, kids. We had things called dittos. They were really cool. Okay, dittos. How many of y'all did work with dittos? Okay, pe- people under 30 are like, what the heck is a ditto? You know, well, anyway, so all of my work was in my desk. And she said, what's this? And I said, the stuff I should have put in the box. And I got in so much trouble I rebelled, and I experienced hurt. Because, see, back then, you got in trouble three times for when you did something wrong. You got in trouble at school. Then you got in trouble when you got home because mom was there. Then you got in trouble when dad got home. Three times. How many of you all got the three? uh, Yes, absolutely. Got in trouble three times. So I got in trouble three times, and I hurt. It hurt. And I had to rebuild trust because I was a liar now. I had lied to my teacher. I'd lied to my parents. I'd lied to everybody. And guys, I learned, I came to the realization that I should have just done what I was supposed to do. And, and I was never, I was not allowed to go over to the play area for the rest of the school year. It hurt. Everybody else got to do it. I didn't. My teacher always looked at me differently ever since, after that. And I returned. Now, if I had just done what I was supposed to do, I could have skipped a lot of hurt. It's the first time I ever really got in trouble. The Bible says you will not get away with taking crooked paths. You won't. You're on borrowed time if you're taking crooked paths. I thought I got away with it. For two weeks, I was flying high. But whoever takes crooked paths will be found out, y'all. Galatians 6, 6, 7 says, God cannot be mocked. We reap what we sow. You cannot escape the law of sowing and reaping. And I want you guys to hear this. Whatever you are planting in your life is what is going to grow. My yard is a conglomeration of grass, dandelions, weeds, clover, you name it, because I have not done a good job of keeping that, those weeds out of my yard. The soil is sitting there primed for whatever is planted there to grow. And the same thing is true of your heart. Whatever you are sowing, whatever path you are taking, that is what you're going to reap. It's called the law of sowing and reaping. You cannot beat that, okay? If you're living against God's ways, you are on borrowed time, you are about to reap something that you don't know, what you, that you never intended. I sowed rebellion and I reaped a lot of hurt. And that was just as a first grader. And I learned, learned my lesson. If you're going against God's ways, you're on borrowed time, you guys. Plain and simple. Second thing is this. Proverbs 10.16 tells us this, that we need to count the cost of not following God's ways. The, the, Proverbs 10.16 says this, The wages of righteous is life, but the earnings of the wicked are sin and death. This is what God's word is shouting to us. So listen, the wages of the, of the righteous is life. But if you do things that are wrong, you're going to wind up with sin and death. And people have tried to negate that and tried to go against that for 6,000 years, and they've all found out the same thing, like many of us in here. It isn't until you're about mid-30s, maybe early 40s, 
that you've lived long enough to really start experiencing the true consequences of your actions. I, 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 it, was, it was about the mid-30s for me when I realized I've lived long enough to really screw things up. Okay? And when you're a teenager, maybe 20, you're still, you're still planting things and, and they haven't full grown yet. Okay? When you get to your mid-30s or 40s, you really start reaping what you've planted. And, and so many of us in our 40s and 50s could say one thing to the younger people in here and online. It would be the word, don't. Don't. Because I know how this ends up. I see you're walking the same road that I walked, and let me tell you what's at the end of that road. It's not something you want to be. It's not someplace you want to be. And, and, and I think the older people in here would, would, would shout to the young people, do you know the pain of dating the wrong person, what they do to you? How many broken hearts, how many destroyed lives does it take for you to start listening? You know, do you really know the pain of marrying a person with no character, no faith, no integrity? Do you know the pain that that happens? Please don't, what the older people would shout to you. Do you truly know the pain of lying, of being found out, having the, your character destroyed and having to make up for all of, the, all of the hurt and all of the energy it takes when you could have just told the truth? Man, do you truly know the consequences of trying to get away with things only to be caught and, and pay a price far greater than you ever thought? That party you're going to this weekend you really know the end result of that drinking you're going to do? We got 6,000 years of people that thought that they could beat a bottle of alcohol with the same story, you guys. Do you know what addiction really does to you? We got the Word of God. We got the Holy Spirit. We got the church. We've got people in this church that would love to sit down and tell you this road you're on is wrong. Do you know what it takes from you? Do you know what addiction really takes from you? Do you know what it costs you when you don't do things God's way? The older people in this room and online are shouting, don't. Because we've lived long enough to experience the consequences. So many people count the cost of following Christ. How many of y'all, we've heard, we need to count the cost of following Christ. But have you ever counted the cost of not following him? We need to do that. Why don't we sit down the cost of not following God's ways? That's what we need to do. Three is this, and I want you guys to write this down. I want you to remember this, that your character is the sum total of what you consistently do. Proverbs 11.3 says this, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Underline the word duplicity, okay? Um, you are not what you are at your best. Listen, you are not what you are at your best. Everybody's got their best time or best, you know, the best version of themselves. It's not what you are. You're also not you at your worst, what you are at your worst. Everybody has the worst version of themselves. That's not who you are, okay? You are what you consistently do. That's what your character is. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. Whatever it is that you do, day in and day out, that's what your character is, okay? If you're consistently a person of integrity, you will be seen as a person of integrity. The harsh reality of life is that you only, all you really have is your reputation, okay? That's all you have. And, and so it says this, it says that the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Now, what is duplicity? Duplicity is very simple. Duplicity is inconsistency. Saying one thing, doing another. 
saying that you're this and doing another. That's what duplicity is. And the Bible tells us, God's word tells us, is that if you want to destroy your life, be inconsistent. Duplicity. So how are the unfaithful destroyed by their duplicity? It's simple. Many of us would admit that we follow God's ways sometime. Maybe even most of the time. So many of us would admit that we tell the truth most of the time. Um, Many of us would admit that we live with integrity most of the time, right? That's what's known as duplicitousness. Married people, all the married people in here, listen up. What do you call your spouse or your husband or your wife who is faithful to you 99.9% of the time? Adulterer, right? Um, um, Those of you, what do you call someone who tells the truth 98% of the time? What do you call them? Liar. Exactly. See, our duplicity, the Bible says, doesn't just cause us problems. It destroys us. Destroys us. Okay? Your character is sum total of what you consistently do, emphasis on the do. And one of the most famous passages in the Bible, Revelation 3, where he's talking about the, the, uh, um, the church at Laodicea. Everybody's heard that, um, you know, you're neither hot, you're neither cold, you're lukewarm. Because you're lukewarm, you're going to make me spit you out of my mouth. That's what Jesus said. I've heard so many sermons on that. Okay, and, and we're all talking about, man, we need to be hot or cold, but not lukewarm, and everybody's lukewarm. Everybody's, how many of y'all have heard sermons about that? I've preached it. I've heard it. It's great. Okay, we need, we need to hear about that. But how does Jesus start out? He says, I know your deeds. He doesn't say, I know your beliefs. He doesn't say, I know your intentions. He doesn't say, I know your thoughts. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. He's talking to a duplicitous church. And they're made duplicitous by their deeds, by what they do. Jesus is saying that intentions, thoughts, beliefs, those don't count, you guys. What he sees are the deeds, the things you do. Because the things you do are the clearest expressions of your true beliefs. Okay? And it's the expression of your character. The integrity of the upright guides them, the Bible says. Consistency of their character guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their inconsistency, by their duplicity. Okay? That's something we have to get a hold of. We have to understand that. If you are a duplicitous person, if, you are, if, you are, if the only consistent thing about you is your inconsistency, you are destroying yourself. That's what the Bible says. Not what I'm saying, it's what the Bible says. The unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Maybe if you're having problems in life right now, maybe if you're having problems uh, in in relationships or or keeping a job or if life is just not working out for you, look at your character because all you are is a sum total of everything you do consistently. Number four is we need to recognize who our real enemy is, Proverbs says. One of my favorite, this has got to be one of my favorite Proverbs because I see this all the time. It says this in Proverbs 19.3, a person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. Wow. You guys hear that? It's amazing how nothing changes. This, this, is what, this was going on 3,000 years ago, guys, that we do something against the Word of God, against the Holy Spirit, against what we know is right, and we feel the consequences of it, and we get mad at God instead of looking in the mirror. 
God has given us his word, given us a church, he's given us his Holy Spirit. When we completely disregard those three things and mess things up, why do we blame God? Like the worst mistake I ever made working on a car. I, I knew just enough to be dangerous. I used to, I, back, back when I started working on things, we didn't have YouTube. So I used the Haynes manual. Anybody use the Haynes manual to fix a car? Okay. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. All right. It, step by step, this is how you fix it. Well, I'd done a few things and figured I knew some things I didn't listen to the manual. And I wound up screwing things up royally in my car. And I had to have a friend come over and bail me out. It was bad. I didn't follow the book. Well, that was my fault. I had the instructions. I didn't follow them. I couldn't yell at the Haynes man. I couldn't yell at Nissan. I could only yell at myself. And yet, we have the manual for life, you guys. We have the Bible. We have the Holy Spirit. And yet, when we, when we go against it, we yell at God. We rage against God, the Bible says. Blame God for the things that we have done. Okay? This proverb tells us the, the course of so many of us. The Bible tells us that God is for us, not against us. He's not against us. He's given us a path. He's given us a path to walk that says this is the way to life. And if you follow this, this is the way to life. This is how life works out. Do this. And we go off, and we go off the path and we do our own thing and we get hurt and we blame God. But the, we have to stop doing that because God is for you, not against you. And the fifth thing that I'll tell you this, this is, this is the truth. This is what we all need to do. In order to skip these two right here and go to the path of life, we have to surrender to Christ. So much of life, you guys, is just a tug of war, a battle between us and God. God, I want to do this. Your word says this. And I'm just going to, it's the battle. Because I know that you want me to do this, but I just want to do this. And it's a tug of war, it's a battle. And if any of you guys in here are just tired of that, it's time to surrender to Christ. Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin is death. For rebelling against God, you reap death. That's it. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The grace of God, you guys, is more powerful than any rebellion or any mistake you've ever made. If you are caught in this cycle right here, this feedback loop, rebellion, hurt, rebellion, hurt, and you don't see a way out, I'm telling you there is. It, it comes when we realize our own sinfulness, our own rebellion, and how we don't want that anymore. And not only that, do we not want it, we hate it. We hate the things, we hate the rebellion, we hate the things that we did that we thought was so cool that has hurt us and we begin to hate it. That's when you're ready to surrender to Christ. See, the problem, you guys, and I've been in ministry 22 years, I'm just gonna speak frankly here. The problem is, is that so many people get into our baptistry that don't hate their sin. They don't hate it. In fact, if they're honest, they may even still love their sin more than they love God. They have no intention of giving it up. No intention of walking away from it. Maybe hiding a little better. But that's it. And until you are ready to hate your sin, until you are ready to stop this right here, and the hurt has overpowered your love for it, then, then you're not going to be the kind of person that surrenders to Christ. You'll be a lukewarm church player 
That's all you'll be until you begin to hate the things that are destroying you. See, the grace of God is available to people who hate the wrong path, that hate the stuff that destroys us, that hates rebellion against God, that only wants to submit to God. That is who the grace of God is available to. And if that is you today, if you're ready to just stop the feedback loop and you're, and you're, you're here and you're ready to return, I've heard this, that no matter how many steps you take away from God, it's only one step back. And that's true. I don't care if you've run 100 miles away from Christ. It's only one step back. You'll turn around and you'll find that he's been chasing you and loving you, calling you back to him, saying how many times are you going to experience the hurt before you start doing things my way? The grace of God can break every chain, heal every hurt, wash away every sin. And if you've made a mess of things, or if you're, praise God, young enough not to have totally screwed things up yet, but you're on the path where you're going to, I'm just gonna ask you, surrender to Christ. Do things God's way. I've never heard of anyone, you guys. I'm gonna invite the band, come on back up. I've never heard of anyone, you guys, that regretted surrendering to Christ on his or her deathbed. I've heard a lot of the other. I've heard a lot of people saying, I wasted my life. I destroyed it. I, I, I should have done this. I knew better. I've heard a ton of that, you guys. But I've never heard one person say, you know what, I wish. I wish I wouldn't have surrendered to Christ. I wish I wouldn't have spent all that time, that fellowship with God. I wish I wouldn't have experienced his grace, his mercy. I, w- I, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I've never heard anyone say that. Like I said, I've heard the plenty of the opposite, so much regret. But I'd just done things God's ways. But now it's too late. Well, I'm telling you, if you have oxygen in your lungs, your heart is still beating, you're this side of the ground, it's not too late. It's not too late. No matter how far you have walked away from Christ, it's one step back. And so I'm telling you, this is the way to be. God's ways are best ways. If you are looking for a better path in life, if you're looking for a a, a place where you can live, where you are free of your own problems, oh my goodness, you all. It's amazing. You know how, you know the peace that comes when you don't have to spend time making up for all of your mistakes? You know the peace that comes when you decide to stop doing things that hurt you? and you don't have to spend the time making those things up? Do you understand the peace that happens when you are a man or a woman of integrity and you don't have any lies out there that you're worried about finding other people finding out? Do you understand the peace that happens with that? Do you understand the peace of managing money the way God says and not having creditors calling you and not having debts and, and, and everything? Do you understand the peace that happens when you do things God's way? Do you understand the peace that happens when you are faithful in marriage and you are not committing adultery and you're not worried about your spouse finding some texts on your phone? Do you understand the peace that happens when you do things God's way? You understand the lack of problems. You understand the, 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 the enjoyment. You understand the relaxation, the, 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 just the peace in life that you have when you are not mired in rebellion. It's amazing. Guys, 
I, I, when I surrendered to Christ, I'll tell you, you know what I do? I just say, God, you know, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm just tired. I'm tired of creating problems for myself. I'm, I'm just, I'm exhausted, God. I'm, I'm exhausted. And everything that I've done against your word, all it does is cost me. I'm done. I, 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 I'm, I'm just through. And I'm just tired of trying to find my own way. I've looked at your words, I've looked at your ways, and I can't find anything wrong with them. I can't find a single command in Scripture that if I follow it, God, it'll ruin me. I can't find it. And I've looked at people that have done things your way. Gosh, they're so much further ahead than me. Maybe I can have that too. So if you're just tired, guys, ladies, doing things against the word of God. I'm going to tell you to surrender to Christ. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Not just eternal life, but peace and joy in this life as well. If you haven't surrendered to Christ, I'm asking you as your pastor to do it right now. Pray, find, find an elder, find a Christian, find somebody to pray with you. We will baptize you there. We will help you, we will set you on that path. God's ways.